0: Um, I'm going to be reading the first Bible reading tonight and it's from Isaiah chapter 53 and it's verses 1 to 9 and it's on page 772 of the Red Bibles. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had no done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth.
1: If you want to flick forward uh, to 1 Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, uh verse 13 to the end of the chapter and it can be found on the church bibles at 1271 submit yourselves for the lord's sake to every authority instituted among men whether to king uh, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right for it is god's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honour the King. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who do who are good and considerate but also to those who are harsh for it is commendable if a man bears up um, are under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it but if you suffer for doing good and, um, and you, you endure it Uh, This is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sin in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Submission You'd have to say
2: submission is a dirty word today. The idea that some people should submit to other people is demeaning, unfair and outdated. The idea that you do that in society, the idea that you do that in the workplace, the idea that you do that in marriage, people tell us, is just inhuman and leads to people being hurt. How is it that we could be all equal and all equally valuable and yet some people have to submit themselves to others? Submission is a dirty word today. So how is it that Peter can equate doing good with submission in this passage? How is it that he thinks that if Christians submit to other people and non-Christians see it, they will end up glorifying God? Well, over uh, this week and next week, we're looking at submission. Tonight, rulers and slaves. uh, Next week, in marriage. And I want to convince you, first and foremost, that submission is good. Last week we saw that God is building us together as a spiritual house where he's chosen people and we offer spiritual sacrifices which are to declare how good he is and to display how good he is. That's what it said at the end of our passage, 1 Peter 2, verse 11. I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. And what is the good that he thinks we need to do that non-Christians will see and end up glorifying God? Well first up, he says, verse 13, submit. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. What is this thing then called submission? Well, for most people today, they think it means it's when one person forces someone else to do what they want. It's when the other person who's being forced to submit becomes a doormat and stops thinking or even pretending to think and simply does what they're told because they are inferior. Some people, disliking that idea completely, but knowing that it's in the Bible, try and soften it. Try and reinterpret it. Now submission is not about authority. It's about submitting my needs, they say, submitting what I want to what you want. So I want to do this today, but I know you want to do that today, and I think you're more important than me. I want to please you, and so I submit to you. And hopefully, in the ideal world, you'll want to do the same it's called mutual submission now is that what it means here in this passage have a look again at the at the word at the words here submit yourselves for the lord's sake to every authority instituted among men can it be that submission is simply submitting what i want to what you want and you doing the same Now, the word submit means to put yourself under someone's authority. That's what the word means. But you don't need to know that by knowing the Greek language. It's there for you in the English. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. It's not a word for just two people wandering along on the road one day. It's when someone has authority. When someone has authority, the other person is to submit to their authority. And so it can't be mutual. It simply doesn't make sense. Mutual submission. You know, uh, children submit to their parents. I'll say that differently. Children are meant to submit to their parents. Parents are not meant to submit to their children. Because parents are the ones, I'm talking about small children, parents are the ones who are in authority and children are to submit themselves to the parents. It's not mutual. But is it about forcing someone to submit to you? Is that what submission is about? No. Have a look at verse 13, it's very clear. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. This is not a word to those in authority here. Those in charge are not being told what to do. They are not to force people to submit to them. That's not what it says. Those who have people in authority over them are to submit themselves. It's willing. It's voluntary. Not because you're inferior, but because the other person has authority. Authority instituted among men. They've been given a responsibility to take the lead and you ought to submit to it. And do you notice in verse 13, this is not a word just for some people. He doesn't address a particular group in the congregation. He says to the entire congregation, Submit yourselves to every authority instituted among men. So you might be children, submit to your parents. You might be students, submit to your teachers. You might be employees, submit to your employers. And all of you are under the governing authorities. That's the example he gives first up. The governor and the emperor, the supreme authority. And submission is something that everyone does. And even those in authority do it. Do you see there, the governor? He's to submit to the emperor. It's even can happen that the same person, the same two people, can one submit to the other and the next day the other submits to that one. So for example, let me explain. Uh, The church treasurer is in my growth group. And so when he's in my growth group and I'm leading the growth group discussion... I'm very pleased to say that he submits to my leadership. He listens to my questions. When I say let's pray, he doesn't keep talking. He submits to me as the leader of the group. But if the next day I have this bright idea that we should spend the entire church's budget on a new swimming pool in the top car park, I have to submit to him, do you see? For in the realm of finances, I'm to submit myself to him, do you see? Submission is for everyone. It's not mutual submission, it's putting yourself under someone's authority. Everyone does it, and can you see it is good? What would the world be like if no one submitted to authority? What would your workplace be like if no one submitted to authority? What would your school be like if no one submitted to authority? Submission is good, And it's good for everyone. And if it's good for everyone, Christians especially love submission. It's profoundly Christian. You think about the gospel for a moment. What is the gospel? That we refuse to submit to God. That's sin. That Jesus is sent by his Father, he submits to his Father, submits to the rulers of his day and dies for sins. That we might submit to God. Verse 16, that we'd be slaves to God. We now submit to God and so we submit to the authorities. It's profoundly Christian, this idea. It's for everyone, it's good, and it's especially for Christians. Submission is not a dirty word. And so I want to ask you tonight, is it a dirty word for you? Do you struggle to come to terms with the idea that you should submit to some people in positions of authority? Do you struggle with the very concept that some people should do this? Do you think that it's outdated? Do you try and find ways of reinterpreting it when you come to it in the Bible? Submission is good. I want you to believe that deep down in your heart. But it's not just an abstract concept. I'm not just trying to change your mind about a word. Peter wants us to do something. Verse 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. What sort of authorities is he talking about, political rulers, judicial rulers. He's talking about the king, that means the emperor in his day, and the local governors who rule particular areas. For us, we're talking about the queen, her prime minister, the politicians, public servants, the police. What are we to do? Submit. We're to place ourselves under their authority. We're to submit to their rules. We're to submit to to them as rulers. Why? Verse 15. For it's God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men who criticize Christians. Live as free men but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. You submit to God So submit to rulers. Not because they're worthy of respect, not because they make good laws, but because it's God's will. Because you fear God, verse 17. Immediately you have a question, don't you? Immediately you have an objection. What if the ruler is a bad ruler? What if the bad ruler makes Bad rules. What if submitting to the ruler would mean you had to not submit to God? Verse 14, Peter seems to assume that the ruler will do his job properly and punish those who do wrong. Does Peter not realize what rulers can be like? Well, he does actually. Do you remember once Peter was told by the rulers, stop talking about Jesus? We will punish you if you keep talking about Jesus. And do you know what Peter said? Judge for yourself, should we obey you or God? And he went on talking about Jesus and they threw him in jail. Peter knows what it's like to be confronted by that issue and he made the right decision. If you are challenged by the rulers to do something, that means you are not submitting to God. If the rulers tell you to give up on Jesus, to stop talking about Jesus, to stop gathering with God's people for church, if they tell you to hand over innocent people that they might put them in jail and kill them, then you know what to do. Don't submit to your rulers. But you know, I can remember having this dilemma And talking about it in youth group when I was 15. And we thought it was the big issue to do with submission. And you know, 30 years later, I have still never faced it. Not once in my Christian experience have I had to choose between obeying and submitting to the ruler and obeying and submitting to God. Thank God I have never faced that dilemma. Perhaps you have. Though I doubt it, for we live in Australia, and so far we have not faced that. So frankly, I think we should ignore that distraction that we immediately bring up as soon as we talk about submitting to rules. We are trying to distract ourselves and excuse ourselves because we find this very difficult. What's your attitude to rules? Do you slow down when you see the police? Do you slow down when you see there's a speed camera so you don't get caught? Do you cut down trees on your property without permission when you know that you shouldn't but you figure no one will notice? Are you quite happy to make cash payments to tradesmen and avoid the GST? Do you get up to all sorts of things in class because you know the teacher can't see what you're doing? What's your attitude to rules? And what's your attitude to rulers? Australians are obsessed with sport, aren't we? But our favourite pastime is not sport, but making fun of politicians. We think we have a right to do so. We think it's very funny because they deserve it. In the main, they do not. And even if they did, as Christians we should not submit to rulers, honour them says God. And if you really think they are all that bad, I guarantee you they are not nearly as bad as every Roman emperor who were unelected, immoral and claimed to be God. And Peter says, honour the emperor. Yes, we're to engage with our rulers, we're to lobby our rulers, we're to actively disagree with our rulers... Please do that as Christians. But in our thoughts, in our conversation and in our jokes, we need to learn to submit to our rulers, don't we? And honour them. Well, Peter has a particular group in mind as well in the congregations he's writing to with a particular challenge. Verse 18, slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect. Well, if submission generally was a dirty word, slaves is even worse. I find it hard to think of anything worse than the Afro-American slave trade where they stole people, they exploited people, they worked them to death simply because they were black. Today there are sex slaves, millions of them throughout the world. They've been stolen, they've been tricked, they've been exploited, they're being destroyed simply because they are poor and because they are girls. These things are abhorrent. So how can Peter possibly say slaves submit? We need to realise that the Roman slave system was different. It was not based on the colour of your skin. It was not based on stealing people. It was not based on gender. Usually it resulted from war, people who had been conquered. Or it was the result of people going into debt and selling themselves as slaves. Many of the slaves were treated well. They lived in the household. Sometimes they were paid and well honoured and they could buy their own freedom. It was different. But they were still owned. They had very few rights and they could not choose to leave. And so we should be challenged that Peter says slaves, submit. His primary command is not object to your slavery, it is not undermine your slavery, it is not rebel against your slavery. His word is submit. Willingly place yourself under the authority of your master. Follow his rules, follow him as the ruler, even if he's bad. Do you see that verse 18? Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are corrupt and therefore harsh, even to those who will give you a physical beating for no reason. Submit to every authority, slaves, slaves, Submit to masters because you submit to God. This is difficult to understand. But it certainly says to everyone here tonight that we should submit to our masters. There are some of you here tonight who've probably said, I'm a slave. They treat me as if I'm a slave. Maybe you've got an employer like that. Maybe you've got children like that. Maybe you've got parents like that. I don't know. We all go through stages where we think we're being treated like a slave. It's not true, is it? But many of us sell our time and our skills so that they are owned by someone else. Many of us do not sell them, but we're there in a school and we're students and so our teachers are our masters whilst we're there, they're in charge. And Peter says, God says, submit to your masters. If you're being employed, give a fair day's work. Don't take what is not yours. If you're in a school classroom and you're given homework, I take it the Christian thing to do is to do the homework as much as you are able. You shouldn't need closed-circuit TV to check that you're doing it. You shouldn't need the comp- the teacher to be able to monitor what's on your computer screen in the classroom. Your actions should show that you submit to the teacher it's a complex thing isn't it of course in a workplace it could be that your boss is mean and picking on people it could be that your boss is picking on people and you actually need to report them to the ruler that'd be right for the master is under the ruler that is the government they're the ones in charge of the master It needs wisdom to work that out, doesn't it? But at the very least, your attitude should be, should show in how you talk about the teacher, talk about the boss to other people. If you think there's a problem with the teacher or the boss, who will you talk to about it? You'll show them honour in how you do that. You say to me, you don't know what my teacher's like, how hopeless they are at teaching, how victimising they are towards me. You don't know what my boss is like, how he picks on me each day. You're right, I don't. And Peter didn't either. But he knew what masters could be like, that they could give their slaves a beating for no reason. And I guarantee you, your teacher and your boss is not as bad as that. And so God says to us, submit to your masters because you submit to God. This is hard, isn't it? This is challenging. And maybe tonight you could talk over supper about what this means in practice for you. Why would you want to do this? What would motivate you to do this? Well, it's God's will. You are his servant. And, verse 19 and 20, when you do it and trust him, you please him. Verse 19. For it's commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, This is commendable before God. Commendable, it's pleasing to God. And pleasing to God here, not because you're doing good, not because you're suffering unjustly. God hates unjust suffering, but because of how you're reacting to it. When you bear up because you are conscious of God, When you trust him, even though you're being mistreated and choose to submit to your master, that pleases God. So when the slave is beaten for not working hard enough, even though he's been working hard enough, but he trusts God and he goes back to work the next day, working as hard as he can, that trusting God pleases God. When there is a teacher who picks on you at school, mocks you because you are a Christian and expects you to work harder than everyone else, when you trust God and you don't bite back and you do work harder, it pleases God. And that makes it worth doing. Notice here, too, that verse 19, I think, makes it clear this is not just about slaves and masters. This happens in all sorts of relationships in life. For it's commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering. You see, he could have said it's commendable when a slave bears up under unjust suffering. But no, he generalizes it. This is a general truth. For we experience unjust suffering in all sorts of situations in life. You probably experienced it in some way this week. When a friendship you're in breaks down and you suffer when you've done nothing wrong. When a family breaks down and you suffer and it's not your fault. When someone gossips about you amongst your friends. When there's a leader of an organization and a big decision's had to be made but they can't explain why. There's unjust suffering. There's the anguish of unjust suffering. Will you explain? Will you fight back? Will you justify at all costs? Or will you trust God? Hold your tongue and seek to please him. Have you experienced that sort of thing? Maybe you're experiencing that right now. Why would you submit even when it means unjust suffering? Because you want to please God by trusting Him? How would you have the strength to do that? What would motivate you to want to please God like that? Verse 21, it's Jesus. For to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Have you ever thought about how extraordinary it is that the Son of God submitted to human rulers. He willingly submitted to bad leaders who treated him badly. And when they treated him badly, how did he respond? He did not retaliate. He did not insult. He made no threats. How could he do that? Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He trusted. And he entrusted not just himself, that word is not there, he entrusted himself, his situation, the outcome, his enemies to God. He knew he could trust God with all of those things and so he did not need to bite back and he could keep on trusting God in order to please God. Verse 21, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Why would you submit even to unjust suffering? Because that's exactly what Jesus did. And he left you an example he wants you to follow. More than that, verse 24, he did it for you. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. He submitted to unjust suffering at the hands of his masters that we might be set free from sin. Submit to God and submit to our rules. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, this is a hard teaching, for our society screams otherwise. Help us to see that submission is good. Help us to understand what it means and what it would mean for us in our situation. Father, help us to honour our rulers, those rulers that you've given us. Help us to honour their rules by obeying them. And Father, in whatever situation we're in, where we have a master, at least for the time that we are there, help us to honour and submit to those masters, even when there's unjust suffering involved. Help us to want to please you and to follow in Jesus' footsteps and to see what he did for us. We pray it in his name.